Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. We all know that for the longest time, the entire world has been plagued by an invisible terrorist that has taken lives, devastated our economy, our social relationships, our mental health, altered our schooling system and the very fabric of our society. It's hard to believe that the response to a microscopic virus has done all this, but it has. However, viruses are not really invisible because with the assistance of an electron microscope, we can see them. And by magnifying a virus, we can make it appear bigger than it is. And this is the key to how we can defeat small, scary things from our lives. So let me explain. So what do you do when you magnify something? You make it bigger than it is. So how big? Well, this might seem a bit strange, but if you take an electron microscope and you magnify human eyelash hairs, I'm sure it's something that you wouldn't be tempted to do. But if you do, they can be so big, appear to be so big, that they are as large as a bamboo forest. I've seen the pictures. Mm -hmm. Or you can magnify a microscopic section of a piece of woven fabric so big that it appears to be larger than the International Space Station or a microscopic virus can be expanded to a magnification that causes it to eclipse the entire Earth. And whenever you, or myself, magnify our fears and our failures, the injustices of life, they can convince you that life is hopeless and it's not worth living. And maybe you felt that way Maybe you felt like the obstacles in your life are too big and, and you want to give up. If you have felt like that, I want to tell you from experience that if you do not believe in God, I want to appeal to you to watch our program today because we are going to share with you the story of a man's life that was so well documented and it revealed so many miraculous occurrences that no one who ever met this man and knew him personally could ever not believe in God because he magnified God. And if by the end of today's program, you decide to give God a chance and choose to magnify God in your life too, instead of you know, focusing on our problems like I tend to do at times, then your soul will be flooded with confidence and hope and peace. Look at this from the Psalm, Psalm 40 verse 16. It says, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. In a moment, we are going to introduce you to this amazing person who did just this. He magnified God and the answers you receive to his prayers caused people to believe that the age of miracles had not ended.
Welcome again to It Is Written Canada. This man's story may be new to you, but his story is one of my favorite faith stories of all time. This man who received thousands of miraculous answers to his prayers by magnifying the power of God. He was born in Germany at a, the time of the Napoleonic Wars. There was godless brutality, extreme poverty that produced throughout Europe by all of these wars, thousands of children were left homeless. Orphans whose parents had been taken by war were left on the streets. They lived on the streets, begging and stealing to stay alive. You may be aware of Charles Dickens' story of Oliver Twist, which revealed the conditions of poor orphans living on the streets of England in that time. These were impoverished children. But the person we are talking about was not an impoverished child. He was a rich young man, yet he lived like a thief. His name was George Mueller, and by the age of 10, he was stealing government money from his father, who was a tax collector in Germany. As a young person, George Mueller was a thief, a liar, a gambler and a playboy. Not because he was poor, but because he was living a life of complete self-centeredness. He was a willful, self-absorbed soul. Now, you might think you were judging him, but that was by his own admission. His only interest was personal ple pleasure. And at the age of 14, while his mother was dying in bed, he was out playing cards and drinking with his friends. And the next day, when he was told of her death, he hardly shed a tear. At the age of 16, Mueller spent five weeks in prison for not paying hotel bills. You see, he made a habit of staying and eating at expensive hotels and then hiding and running away before it was time to pay the bill. However, one time at the age of 16, he was caught before he could escape and he ended up in prison. This so far doesn't sound like a miraculous story, but after five weeks in jail, his father paid his debts, severely beat his son, and that didn't change his heart, not at all. At the age of 20, while studying at the University of Halle, Mueller said of himself, I was living a sinful lifestyle and had a cold heart. Mueller's father had sent him to study to become a pastor, but not for the purpose of serving God. His father saw it as an opportunity for George to acquire a secure career with a lucrative salary in a state church. When he wasn't absorbed in his wild living, George loved to read countless books. In fact, he owned over 300 books and had mastered the reading and speaking of six different languages. He was brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. A brilliant man. However, George never owned a Bible and had seldom read any words from a Bible. In his autobiography, George Mueller wrote about that time. He said, deep in my heart, I long to renounce this wretched life. So he understood, he was off track. I did not enjoy it, and I had sense enough to see that one day it would ruin me completely. I promised God that I would become a better person, but 
After one or two days, I forgot everything and was as bad as before. While George studied divinity in Halle, he met a fellow student named Beta, a good Christian young man. And one Sunday afternoon, he invited George Muller to join him at a Bible study. It was at that home Bible study where George was so led by the Spirit of God that a swift transformation began in his behavior. George later wrote these words, Even though I scarcely had any knowledge of who God truly was, that evening was the turning point in my life. After seeing a man on his knees praying to God, he was convinced of his need for salvation. George said, His kneeling down made a deep impression on me, for I had never seen anyone on his knees before, nor had I ever prayed on my knees. And while the owner of the house prayed, he thought, I could not pray as well, although I have more education than this man. And when he returned to his room that evening, he knelt by the side of his bed and he prayed a real earnest prayer, and he asked God to forgive him of his sins. And soon, George stopped drinking, stealing, and lying, and developed the hope of becoming a missionary. And this time it really stuck. He was a good man from that time on. But soon after, George met some of his drinking buddies, a couple of guys, and he was sharing with them about his newfound faith in God. And he immediately expected them to fall on their knees and to accept God into their hearts as well. But instead, they were like, we don't see our need of God at all. We're not sinners. And so George immediately, to change their perspective, he went to his room, he fervently prayed for his friends that they would see their need of God. Mm -hmm. And later, the same day, he met them again and these two friends were weeping uncontrollably. And when George asked them what happened, they said, we don't know. Suddenly, we just felt this overwhelming sorrow. And they said that they were sinners and in need of a savior. From that time on, George shared his faith openly. He bought and he handed out more than 300 missionary pamphlets every single month. Wow. That's like 10 a day on average. He visited and he prayed with the poor and the sick and he preached regularly in churches every single week. But his father was very upset because he thought that his son was throwing away the opportunity of a lifetime to have a good career and make a lucrative salary. And so his father told him that if he was to stick with this course that he was following, that he was no longer to be considered his son. Mm. And so from that time on, with the help of friends, he learned how to depend upon God to provide for his needs. At the age of 24, George became a missionary. He moved to London, England, but the smog in London at the time was so thick that it made him feel so sick. He couldn't breathe properly. So his friends decided to send him to Devon. And he went by the sea there and he was breathing in the fresh air and he had time to rest and recuperate and restore his health. Mm -hmm. It was in Devon that he had a second conversion after he started reading the Bible daily. 
Up until this time, George avoided reading the Bible as he preferred to read Christian authors and commentaries on the Bible, but not the Bible itself. But while he started a new habit of reading the Bible every morning, he learned about baptism by immersion. So he was baptized by immersion at the age of 24. And after that, the Bible became the foundation of George's faith. And when George would get up in the morning and he started reading the Bible, his thoughts became fuzzy and scattered. I don't know if you feel like that, but there are times when I definitely do. And so he felt that when he would get out of bed in the morning, he would go for a walk and he would take his Bible with him out into nature. And then he would start reading while he was actively walking. And he really found that that was the key to unlocking the secret of his time alone with God. He felt that he had to be active physically to grow spiritually. And so it was at Devon that George Mueller not only met with God and really connected with him, but he connected with a young lady by the name of Mary Groves, whom he married after meeting her within three months. This newlywed couple decided that they would only tell God about their own financial needs and about the needs of the poor people that they were trying to help. They decided to pray big, huge prayers. And so they put on paper a Scripture Knowledge Institute, something they hadn't founded yet, but they put it before God and they said, if this is up to you, we leave it in your hands. And they had five objectives, and this is the first one, to run Christian church schools with godly teachers who could point out the way of salvation. Now here's people who had no money, had no guaranteed salary, and they're saying, we're gonna establish church schools. Mm -hmm. The second objective was to assist children from poorer families to attend these schools. The third thing was to distribute the Holy Scriptures as the Bible alone is the foundation of instruction. In his lifetime alone, George Mueller distributed close to 300,000 Bibles, one and a half million New Testaments alone, and over 200,000 other religious texts, which were translated into 20 other languages. Whoa. The fourth objective was to support missionaries. There were many missionaries all over the world, including Hudson Taylor in China, who were dependent for their funding on George Mueller. And the fifth objective was to establish an orphan house. And for all of these objectives, they de depended upon one promise, and it was found in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, which says, not by, my, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So he was truly led by God's spirit. And to do all of this, George Mueller never once asked any human being for any assistance. He and his wife would pray earnestly to God, and God always supplied their needs. Wow. He felt called by God to meet the peculiar need of establishing an orphan house because he said he could not walk by these poor children in the streets every day and do nothing. And so he prayed for seven acres of land and he saw some land in a place called Ashley Down for sale. And so George went to the owner's house, he knocked on the door and he met with the man. And the man said to him, I've been praying about this, Mr. Mueller, 
And God spoke to me through the night. He had convicted me and told me that I should sell the land to you for 120 pounds an acre instead of the going price of 200 pounds an acre. Wow, what a deal. So within 10 minutes, the deal was signed and immediately the work went forward with, get this, free architects, free builders, and all the money in place. All the time, talents, and money were volunteered without George or Mary asking anyone but God. And God sent what they needed. So there are people who looked at what George Mueller did and they said, there must be another explanation for this. But there was no other explanation. He didn't ask anyone else for money. And randomly, all over, it was kind of orchestrated. The first house that was built was in 1849, and it housed 300 children. And within a year of its completion, it was so full that they now had to start a second house, and that was full, and then a third, and a fourth, and a fifth house, with 400 children in each of those houses, the last one, 450 kids. So by 1870, there was room for, get this, 2,050 orphans. And there were many times that the children would sit at the table to eat, thank the Lord for their food, but there was no food on the table. And then as soon as they finished praying, a knock would be heard at the door, and it would be the baker or the milkman or a farmer who said he was told by God to bring them food. The children witnessed how God provided every single day. So during his lifetime, George Mueller received gifts and donations to the total of over 1.5 million British pounds in that value at that time. So that's today, in today's money, over 100 million British pounds or 171 million Canadian dollars. So who can explain that? I know, there is no other way other than to say, he said the answer was prayer and God answered mm -hmm. his prayers. And all the records were meticulously kept and are housed today in the George Mueller Museum in Bristol, England. So if there is a song whose words illustrate the life of George Mueller, it would be live out thy life within me. Yes, that's true. So right now, let's listen to James playing the piano and Nick singing that song by Cascade Falls in Mission, British Columbia. Transparent medium, thy 
temple has been healed in and purified of sin. Let thy Shekinah glory now shine forth from within, and all the earth keeps silence. The forth be thy silent gentle servant moved only as by thee but restful calm and pliant from bend and bias free awaiting thy decision when thou hast need of me live out thy life I'm sure you will agree that Jesus did live out his life within George Mueller because George submitted his life to Jesus. And Jesus truly was the answer to all his questionings, to all his prayers. George's life became the transparent medium for God to display his glory in such a practical and powerful way that no one could deny it. It's so true. From the time George Mueller was converted from a thief, a drunkard, a gambler, and a womanizer to a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, he obeyed the will of God for his life. People used to always ask George one question, how do you know God's will for your life? And here's a summary of the seven points that he would give. First, he would say, I seek at the beginning to get my heart in such a state that it has no will of its own in a given matter. He was like Jesus who prayed, not my will, but thy will be done. Mm -hmm. Secondly, having done this, I do not leave the result to feeling. So George relied on faith and not feelings. Thirdly, he wrote, then I, seek the will of the Spirit of God in connection with the Word of God. So you had to have a connection with the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And next, fourthly, I take into account providential circumstances. He would look for how God was already opening doors and then he would walk through those doors. And fifthly, Mueller was always a team player. He consulted with godly friends. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it warns, where there is no counsel, the people perish 
but in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And then sixthly, he wrote, I ask God in prayer to reveal his will to me. Thus through prayer to God, the study of the word and reflection, I come to a deliberate judgment according to the best of my ability and knowledge. And if my mind is thus at peace and has continued so after two or three petitions, I proceed accordingly. And finally, the seventh point, George believed that if you are praying for something you can do in your own strength, then your prayers are too small. You know, it would be dangerous to think that all of George Mueller's life was smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. The reality is that his life had much pain and trials. All his four children and his first wife Mary died before he did. Then after he remarried, his second wife, Susanna, died before he did too. He would not have called himself a man of miracles. Instead, this is how, in his own words, he described himself. George Mueller, nothing. The Lord Jesus, everything. George Mueller himself, worse than nothing. By grace in Christ, the Son of the King. Hmm. What a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, now this is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, you will hear us. And if we know that you hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of you. Lord, we want you to be magnified in our lives. Lord, we know that as we continue to magnify you, you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In his lovely name we pray, amen. The life of George Mueller teaches us about the necessity of prayer, of talking with God as a friend. So our free offer for you today is talking with God. So if you want the information, get out a pen, piece of paper, or take a screenshot with your cell phone of the information that you will need to receive today's free offer, Talking with God. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H7V4. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. That's It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H7V4. Friends, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our webpage, you can see our latest programs, including our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life 
and our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living. They are all there for you, free to watch whenever you choose, because we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.